It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water, what it means is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths and misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Joe, Luke, Rachel, Nicole, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. I am blessed to work with amazing people. We are pre-recording these shows for Christmas week. So this is broadcasting on Christmas Day. And uh, I wish each and every one of you a very Merry Christmas as we celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord, the birth of redemption, the birth of reconciliation with uh, our God through Christ. Uh, it is a, it's just such an important day. So Merry Christmas. And again, we are pre-recording everything for this week with very special guests, very special subjects. And I have that special guest on the line with me right now, right now and that is Scott Powell. He is an author, a commentator, um, a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute. Uh, he's written a very important book, and it is Rediscovering America, How Our National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. Scott Powell, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Kim, and, uh, and with your wonderful audience. Well, let's talk about Christmas, because there is a chapter in this book. This book should be uh, in every household in America, and it should be hard copy. Uh, certainly, there's audiobook, and I have it on audio, and I have hard copy, and I've given hard, uh, the hard copy to uh, family members as well. But this is a book that should be in every family's freedom library in their home. So it's an excellent book. So let's talk about Christmas, Scott Powell. Oh, wonderful! In, indeed, uh, it is a, it is a remarkable holiday because it it uh, really shaped our country uh, in unbelievable ways, and I think I think everybody can feel that we're in a crisis uh, environment now. Um, maybe you know we'd hope that we'll have an inflection point <laughs> uh, so that our future begins to look a little bit brighter than the trend uh, that is rather dark right now. And you know, while evil kind of encircles us on, on every side and every level, the Christmas story has the power and truth to deliver peace to each one of us, while it also provides the shield and the sword to defeat those who would, uh, who would destroy our families, our freedom, our, our nation, and really all that is good. You know, the, the enemy, um, God's enemy is the darkest. It is Satan himself. And Satan uh, works his will uh, in in this world uh, through, throughout time, really going right back to the fall of man. But certainly, we are, you know, we're, we're quite um, amazed when we really go back to Scripture and 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 see what Jesus did. Uh, you know, he spent more time, or as much time, 
uh, healing people and driving demons out of people's lives as he did uh, in his, you know, oral ministry. <clears throat> and it's interesting, you know, across cultures, people have sought to flee oppression and escape persecution really from the beginning of recorded history. And we know in our, in our culture there's a recurring theme uh, in classical literature and even in modern classics such as Superman and Disney, uh, which revolve around the struggle between good and evil uh, and the need and critical role for a rescuer, <clears throat> a savior. You know, in the Disney stories, you oftentimes have the prince. Uh, well, that was in the old days, uh, Scott Powell. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're still there, though. <laughs> we, those movies are still accessible. Yes. Goodness. Um, <clears throat> now, if we're and, and on this theme of the need for a rescue, the, if we were to think of what is the ultimate rescuer uh, and savior, <clears throat> it would be. Uh, called a messiah, one who could vanquish evil, oppression, and falsehood once and for all. And it's no accident that only Christianity has its roots and its entire reason for being in the Messiah Jesus Christ. No other religion makes the claim that it was founded by a messiah. Only Christianity makes that claim. Hmm. I hadn't really thought about that. That is fascinating. Well, it's true. (laughs) And that's why everybody, when people say, well, you know, you have all these different religions, our first response should be, fine, do these other religions have a Messiah, a Savior? Because that's what we need. We need a Savior in order to be reconciled with God. And uh, and why then, Scott Powell... Do you think, or how would you explain this? Let's let, let me rephrase that. How do you explain that here this um, this ultimate rescuer comes in the form of a baby? Because so many thought that ultimate rescuer would be, come as a great warrior. That's right. <clears throat> you know, it's it, it is it is an amazing story <clears throat> of how he came and why he came. So let's 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 talk about that. Um, um, let's talk about how we can trust that uh, that Christ is the Savior and learn a little bit more about his characteristics that make him so unique. You know, Jesus Christ is probably more historically verifiable than any other person who lived in that ancient time and era, including Re- Roman emperors and uh, genius military kings like Alexander the Great, because of the number of eyewitness accounts that were recorded in writing within a generation of Jesus' life. In addition, there are about a thousand times more manuscripts that preserve the deeds and teachings of Jesus than there are documents preserving any other classical ancient works of historic figures who lived at approximately the same time. Um, Second, Christ is the only person in history who was pre-announced Starting, excuse me, starting a thousand years before he was born. Uh, in all, there were 18 different prophets from the Old Testament between the 10th and the 4th centuries BC uh, who predicted his coming birth, life, and death. Hundreds of years later, the circumstances of Christ's birth, life, and death validated those prophecies in surprisingly accurate detail. And this is unique to Jesus Christ. No one else in human history, no other figure had prophets 
forecasting the, the, the coming of the great leader, whoever he might be. Only Jesus Christ uh, had prophets foretelling his coming. And there, there are aspects about that, too, that are quite remarkable. For instance, one of the first testimonies about Jesus was, came from David. We don't always think of David as a prophet, and yet he writes about the crucifixion of, of Jesus Christ. And David wrote this uh, about a thousand years before Christ, where he described in detail you know the 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 uh, the nailing of the hands and the feet uh, you know and and this was at a time when crucifixion didn't even exist. In other words, there was nothing it was not known as a means of of punishment and death. Crucifixion came later. In David's time, nowhere in the world was anyone being crucified that came later. So isn't that remarkable? Of course, God knows all things. He knows the, the past and the present. So it's just an example of the power of this prophecy. Um, in addition to prophecy, I would also remind everyone that the entire Old Testament is full of countless stories that point to the coming life and course of Jesus Christ. Abraham uh, is well known because he became the father of Judaism after he faithfully carried out God's command to build an altar and bind his only beloved son Isaac to it as a sacrifice. And, and you know, we know the story. God spared Isaac when he saw that Abraham was faithful. And he actually spared him when Abraham had raised the knife ready to take the life of his son and when when God saw that, he he intervened, <laughs> intervened, and and uh, uh, said, uh, no, <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> um, so in the but we know that the, the meaning of that story is it, it is a harbinger of what was to come because in the fullness of time, God would sacrifice His only Son. Remember, Isaac was the only son of Abraham, the only true son. Um, and, of course, Jesus was sacrificed to provide salvation for all who would believe. Now, there are similar other numerous parallels uh, to the course of Jesus in the Old Testament that include figures such as Joseph, Moses, Joshua, uh, Boaz comes to mind, Elisha, and Jonah, and that's just to name really a few. Third, Christ not only demonstrated his otherworldly power to heal and perform the ultimate miracle of bringing the dead back to life, but he set the absolute highest standard of love possible by willing to die to give life to others. As Jesus prophesied, his resurrection confirms God's power and plan, providing seeing is believing evidence by bringing Jesus back from the dead, buried in a tomb, to be resurrected and alive, thus providing people with living proof of who he was. In fact, Jesus, you know, made made ten separate uh, uh, appearances after he was resurrected to his disciples between the resurrection and the ascension into heaven. It was a period of 40 days. Some of those appearances were to individual disciples. Some were to several disciples at the same time, and, and once even to 500 at once. And this is not hearsay, but a matter of record of multiple separate eyewitness accounts that were recorded in writing. And fourth... No other religion teaches that God became flesh. In other religions, God is, is usually 
very elevated, very high, unapproachable, if you will, otherworldly, and and you know, and too pure to be accessible in terms of having communion with followers. In Christianity, God has His Son born in the humbleness of a stable, and this is the Christmas story. God had His Son born in this in the humbleness of a stable, and lay, and and had Him raised in Nazareth which was a small and very poor town that was one of the lowest in social status in Israel. Why did God have his son uh, born in a stable and raised in Nazareth? Because he wanted his son to be approachable by people from all walks of life. Jesus came for the broken. Jesus came for the, the poor and the destitute. Uh, he came for those that had infirmities, you know, the outcasts of life as well as uh, the upper class. Of course, we know that, you know, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, the Sadducees, the, the upper Jewish class uh, had a hard time accepting Jesus. Jesus was more accepted by, uh, you know, by common people, if you will. And his disciples, of course, were drawn from sort of the dregs uh, of society, taxpayers. Matthew was a, was a tax collector, <laughs> a very disrespected profession, uh, and, and fishermen. So it, it's really quite a story. Well, it really is. And uh, we're talking with Scott Powell, and he's written this book, Rediscovering America, How Our National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. We're talking about Christmas. And uh, we get to have these discussions because I have great sponsors. And one of those sponsors, and it's a really interesting story how I got to know them. It's a story about PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties trying to wield par- uh, power over everyday people just wanting to operate a business. And uh, so it's Hooters Restaurants. They've been five um, sponsors of the show. I'm going to be starting my sixth year of solo broadcasting, and they've been sponsors since before then. They have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And it's a great place to get together for lunch specials Monday through Friday or to get together with friends to watch all the games. Another sponsor of my show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And Roger understands that there are a lot of unknowns in life, and so the team can sit down with you and go, over your insurance coverage so that you can sleep well at night. And that phone number to reach them is 303-795-8855. And that is a complimentary appointment. So like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this. I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And force comes in a lot of different packages. Uh, it certainly can be uh, a weapon, but it can also be policy, it can be inflation, excessive taxation. Uh, they use fear, coercion. All these different things can be things that are, um, are forceful. And uh, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff via force. And so that's really important to understand that. Uh, we are pre-recording these shows. This is Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. Very special show that we're recording right now with Scott Powell. Uh, he is um, the author of this very important book, Rediscovering America, How Our National to- Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. And we get to do the show because of our my sponsors. And so I want to say thank you to the Harris family for their goal sponsorship of the show. And also thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their goal sponsorship of the show as well. And they do amazing work uh, regarding making sure that, you know, everyday people uh, can keep firearms to protect themselves against bad actors, but to to be able to hunt and um, do sports shooting, all those kinds of different things. And so, again, thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their sponsorship of the show. Scott Powell, uh, you and I um, have been on, well, you were on this way before I even knew it was going on. And that was the dismantling, the removal of the uh, uh, monument to reconciliation. I mean, we're talking about Christmas. Uh, God rec- allowing men to to reconcile themselves with God through Jesus Christ. I mean, what a beautiful thing. What a peaceful thing. And when people are taking down monuments to this noble thing of reconciliation, I mean, it, it troubles my heart. It troubles your heart. And uh, now, again, we pre-recorded this, so I don't know where we are exactly with all this. But the week of, of Christmas, Lloyd Austin, uh, with Department of Defense, Defense Secretary, they were dismantling the Monument to Reconciliation at Arlington National um, uh, Cemetery. I've looked at it, and I'm, I'm sad, and it feels like a dark day, Scott Powell. It does feel like a dark day, but this is just one more, uh, you know, a one, one more event that has happened. And it may be, I was hoping that we could save the monument and that we could bring an end to this this woke revolution, which is really a, a revolution against our past. It is a, you know, it, it is an attack on history, on the greatness of the past, uh, and, and uh, a separation from our past. So, but the reality is that we all know when we really think more deeply, when we think about our country in particular, that America is a country based on the wisdom of the past. You know, the founders were in a a remarkable group of people. I mean, and it was a different group uh, that signed the Declaration of Independence uh, than conceived of the Constitution, you know, some years later. Uh, There was some overlap. Some people were involved in both events, but there was a there were, was a, a large body of people we call the founding fathers. And what was unique about these founding fathers was that they were 
some of the most well-educated uh, people in society. And they, they uh, in, in building, in creating a new government, they, you know, they, they built on the wisdom of the past, starting with the Bible, starting with Christianity, but they also drew upon great thinkers, you know, going back to the ancient Greeks, to Cicero of, of Rome, uh, but particularly the, the more modern people like John Locke, who talked about freedom being tied to property, uh, and, um, and Montesquieu, of course, uh, was a French uh, philosopher who, who had the wisdom of saying that if you are to structure a government, you really need to you know, divide the power structure uh, into three, uh, an executive, a judicial, and a legislature, because each one of those having responsibility means that they will check the other branches and prevent tyranny from developing. In other words, it's it was a strategy to prevent tyranny. And then, of course, the, the founders went further than just that, and they conceived of a federalist system because the, America was formed out of, out of colonies which became states, and each one of those states had their own governments. They had their own constitutions. And it's really quite remarkable to read the constitutions of the states of all those 13 original states every single one of those constitutions pays tribute to the importance of of god in society uh and it's just remarkable each state is different they all handle it a little differently but none of them neglected to you know to express the paramount importance to have god's blessing on their society how profound is that wow. and it was those states then that came together and then uh, delegates from those states who drafted the Constitution. <clears throat> and they, they decided they wanted to preserve the power of the states and even have the states have more power than the federal government. Part of our problems in modern times is, is we've turned that on its head, where the federal government has more power than the states. And look at all the mischief the federal government is doing. Um, so well, the point here is that, <clears throat> that we... We want to draw on what's great from the past. You know, we stand on the shoulders of great people, and uh, we stand on ideas that have been tried and proven to be good, and we want to build on those. So this notion that we want to destroy our history, you know, whether it's the Reconciliation Monument or the Confederate history, and certainly Columbus came in the, came in the crosshairs early on in the woke revolution, where, <clears throat> where Columbus... I don't know that there are but a few statues of Columbus left in America. Columbus found the New World, and he was a profound Christian evangelist. There were two things that motivated Columbus. He was a seafarer. You know, he he thought of his life as always living on boats. You know, he wanted to be at sea, and uh, and ultimately he, he you know he became you know the you know captain level guy, the decision maker on a ship. And he had the confidence, <clears throat> with the scientific revolution moving ahead, that uh, the Earth was not the center of the universe. Uh, the Earth was not flat, uh, but the Earth was round, and it also, uh, you know, revolved around a sun. And there were stars that went across the horizon during the night, and that those stars had fixed positions, and that one could navigate by those stars. So he was an amazing man, uh, unlike any other, in being confident, 
to find a trade route to the Far East because the Muslims had blocked the trade route of Europe with the Far East. And uh, Columbus wanted to find a trade route by sailing west around the world to get to China, India, and the Spice Islands. And, of course, that was all true. <laughs> and he was the first to do this. But what happened, he bumped into the, <laughs> the continents of North and South America. <laughs> and you can imagine at the beginning, he thought, oh, well, we're on the, you know, we're on the outskirts. You know, he, he didn't really understand these people. They didn't really look Chinese. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but in any case, <clears throat> he finally realized that, that, he, that what, what had happened. And so he made four voyages. And, and on every one of the islands that he first discovered, he erected a cross, you know, a, a crucifixion, a cross, because of his great Christian belief. He wanted to claim that territory for God. That is who Columbus was. He was not an imperialist colonizer. In fact, when you read his diary, you learn a great deal about, uh, you know, ab ab about how he treated people, how he looked at the natives whom, he, whom no one could communicate with because there was no common language. But he, he talks about giving them gifts. <laughs> anyway, that's off, off the story of today's story, but I'm, I'm sharing it because uh, uh, this is the time to share these deep stories about our heritage because we are under attack now like never before. We are being divided every which way. We're being demoralized and separated from our great history because there is a demonic globalist force that wants to destroy our constitution, destroy our way of life, and see that our country gets subsumed by a new global order. They need to destroy the constitution because the constitution stays in the way uh, of the of the globalists. Now, if we if we don't see that pretty clearly, you, you just need to. You can go to the United Nations website and, and spend an hour perusing it, all the different programs they have. They have an agenda by 2030 to totally transform America and transform the world. I mean, they're the origin of this replacement migration, which brought all these Muslims into Europe and which is, uh, the, you know, the, probably the part of the rationale for Joe Biden to open our borders, because America needs to be taken down. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to, to do what we're doing. Uh, we, we can't absorb all these people, and they have nothing, in, you know, many of them can't speak English, and yet, you know, we're going to be taking care of them. Uh, so we are living in very confusing times. People can't, they can't understand this. So just understand that Satan is real, that he works through people, and that uh, Satan is on the move, but God has the last word, and he has the last word through Jesus Christ. And that's why and, Christmas you know, is so important. Yes. And, you know, among the apostles, it's probably John said it best, and I'm reading right out of 1 John. He said, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So in the end, Christmas, the Christmas story is not just about peace uh, and great joy, uh, but that peace and great joy will be ultimately realized when good triumphs over evil, where evil is destroyed. And we don't know where we are in the course of God's providence, but uh, some people think that we're, you know, we're now in the last days. <clears throat> 
others feel as though God's hand is going to move again, uh, like he moved in, in previous times, opening the Red Sea for the Israelites to escape the bondage of the Pharaoh. Um, America was founded by two major groups, the, the, the Pilgrims and the Puritans. And it's very interesting that both these groups were led by people who likened their course across the Atlantic to the Israelites going to the Promised Land. Both of them, John Winthrop, who was the leader of the Puritans, who came in 1630. Pilgrims came 10 years earlier, led by Winslow and, um, and, and, um, and, and uh, William Bradford. William Bradford, by the way, wrote the first 20 pages of his uh, of Plymouth Plantation, which is really sort of his diary and story of establishing uh, the Plymouth uh, colony. He wrote it in Hebrew. Oh my gosh! So he had a Hebraic view of life. It wasn't just Christian. Yes, he was a profound Christian, but he had a great appreciation for God's providence, which started with the Jews, and he likened. The, the going to Plymouth, going to the New World, it would be the opportunity to build God's country. Because Europe, England, Holland, you know, there was, they were, they were, you know, there was corruption, there was fallenness, and so forth. But America meant a new chance to build God's society, and that, and we know the story of the Mayflower Compact, which was a forerunner to the Constitution, and so forth. And you know, you know, Christmas was really foundational to America's original character because if Christ had never been born and, and died the way he did, all of human history would have been different. Neither Columbus nor the Pilgrims would have received or had been motivated by the good news of salvation through Christ to explore or establish new communities with a higher purpose in the new world, right? If Christ hadn't been there, then they wouldn't have done what they did. There would never have been a constitutional government created in the way and the time that it was in America without two necessary conditions. First, the foundation of recognizing man's unalienable rights of freedom and equality that came out of the teachings of Jesus Christ. Before Christ's teachings, there were no such teachings in the world. But even they fell into some... Uh, you know, darkness and interpretation and the Catholic doctrine and so forth. So it really took uh, the Reformation of the 16th century to fully go back to Christ's teachings that people were to be free and were to be able to have a direct relationship with God. They didn't need to go through a Catholic hierarchy to approach God. Now, second, the second, as we... You know, uh, let, uh, let's stop right there. Yeah. Uh, Scott Powell and go to break uh, because we're having an important discussion and uh, regarding Christmas and Scott Powell is the author of the book Rediscovering America how the uh, how our national holidays tell an amazing story about who we are we get to have these conversations because of sponsors like Karen Levine with the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision Karen has the right connections technology and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 
7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-999-9999. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, Scott Powell is on the line with me. We had talked about, uh, again, we pre-recorded, so I don't know exactly where we are on this, but the uh, dismantling, the removal of the Monument to Reconciliation at Arlington National Cemetery. That is why the work that Paula Sarles, who is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation, and her team, uh, the work that they are doing to, the plans are there. We're just raising the money to remodel the Marine Memorial that is at 6th and Colfax here in Colorado. And so uh, to make a contribution, get more information, go to USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, .org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Hey, Scott Powell, uh, before we went to break, uh, you mentioned something about Catholic, and I, I wanted to make sure that people know that both you and I are we're not anti-Catholic and oh, that no. you know we have lovely, treasured friends and colleagues that are Catholic, but I thought we should probably put that disclaimer out there. Sure, yeah. Well, it's, look, there's uh, plenty of, of uh, you know distortions, and, and I'll just say, bluntly corruption theological corruption in the protestant church is is you know it it's it, it, it happens with human though, beings you know, God, God, when christ came you know he didn't he didn't come to form a church he came to bring you know reconciliation with people to god that god you know that, that people when they acknowledge their sin and they recognize that jesus sent jesus was sent by god to he, really be a sacrifice for us to stand in our place, which opened the way to having a direct relationship with God, that was that was who Jesus was. He didn't come to start a church. <laughs> right. But but I believe in churches, and I'll tell you why and why they're important, especially if people think, well, I can watch it online. No, in, in, in reality, you need a community. There's nothing, you know, there, there's no, re, no substitution, no replacement for having friends in community 
you know, with 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 Christ and the Lord, true friendship. Um, you know, and and this is part of what Jesus said when the, when the 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 the, the Pharisee asked him uh, of <clears throat> of of which you know which of the Mosaic laws was the most important. He asked it to Jesus at one point. I forget exactly where, and Jesus responded very simply. He said, <clears throat> uh, "If you love God with all your heart, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you will have fulfilled all of the law." <clears throat> so this loving our neighbor is very important. It's an important part of our Christian life, and you know it's fulfilled really in community with other people uh, who you know who are empathetic. Because look, we all have struggles in our lives, and it's really wonderful to have friends believing friends who might be wiser than we are and you find out in talking to people that you get you 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 get a better understanding of your circumstance you get you know you have empathetic ears you might get some wisdom and some counseling that can help uh get you through a tough time because life is hard there's no two ways about it and god really trains us through hardship uh you know that's why you know really it's why the 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 lower class the underclass the poor so often could come to Christ so much easier uh than the than the rich and the successful because the rich and the successful they say well I don't need God you know look what I've done <laughs> true, true. And, and, and they take all the all all the you know you know all of the um credit for the things that actually you know largely came about as a result of also God working behind the scenes. So. Right, and those blessings of yeah, of yeah. and these blessings of in America with the, you know, the American idea. Um, I mean, there's the blessings of liberty. I guess I'll just say that. I wanted to. So you mentioned this Bible verse, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind." Right or something along. I'm paraphrasing. That's right. And then the other, love your neighbor as yourself, and. I remember it took me a while to understand this because as we were starting to see the social justice movement, and if I, for example, were, were pushing back on excessive taxes, somehow this loving your neighbor thing, if you loved your neighbor, you would pay more taxes. I remember somebody kind of virtue signaling, they said, well, I have no problem paying more in taxes to help other people. And I'm like, well, then go ahead. But And then I, it's been this... You know this understanding where I've gotten to a force. There's no, uh, there's no charity. There's no force in charity. Uh, but uh, when the government becomes the, the, uh, the uh, distributor of of charity, then there's force all over that. So the, I think it's important. It says love your neighbor. But then the next thing is, as you love yourself. And I think that is important that people also understand that. That God wants us to not beat up on ourselves. He wants us to love ourselves, not in a, oh, a, you know, a prideful way, but to love ourselves because he loves us. And I think if people understood that component as well, it would go a long way to healing a lot of these mental health challenges that we have in America now. Oh, absolutely. Remember, remember Christ's ministry, his three-year ministry, he spent more time healing people 
physically, but also mentally and emotionally, spiritually. Uh, and part of that was driving demons out of people. I mean, what we're seeing in American culture right now is more demonic possession than probably at any other time in our country because we drove God out of our culture starting really in the 1960s. So those of you who are just beside yourself, not being able to figure out what is going on with all this evil, with all this conflict, all this division, how is it that that any loving parent would submit to a suggestion that maybe their child was, you know, their, 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 girl uh, child was, you know, was actually a boy born in a girl's body. I mean, this is demonic. Well, and it's then taking that. Yes. And then God doesn't make mistakes when he creates us boy and girl, <clears throat> man and woman. And anybody that that suggests otherwise ought to be uh, ostracized from society. They ought to be driven out of the medical profession. Well, and uh, then think about this, then taking that one step further and actually mutilating children because of this. I, I mean, it is, it is very, very it's evil. evil. Yeah. Let's, let's be direct about it. If we label this as evil, if people began talking in these terms of what is good and what is evil, you know, we, we would mitigate a lot of this stuff. But we've stopped talking in those terms. We're afraid of offending people. And meanwhile, and Jesus sure wasn't afraid of offending people. No, no, he wasn't. He was, but he was very loving. So we, we, we have love, but we also have uh, truth and justice. And we've got to have truth and justice along with love in order to build God's, uh, you know, God's culture. God's ideal is realized through, through those. And God's culture, God's ideal, and let's just make sure everybody knows this out there, is, and when I say on the show that you are treasured and valued, I mean, that actually goes back to God. It goes because God, because we are treasured and valued as imperfect as each and every one of us are. He loved us so much that he actually, and I, I jokingly say, uh, Scott Powell, regarding humankind, it's like God says, now don't make me come down there. Don't make me come down there. And then finally he says, okay. And he came in the form of a baby at Christmas time. So hopefully you don't th- find that sacrilegious. I've always thought that was kind of, I could see God saying that. So. <laughs> Yeah, so we so we I don't, we've we've kind of jumped around a little yeah. bit, but uh, but um, <clears throat> you know it, it's quite remarkable that you know that no other religion teaches that God became flesh. Uh, in other religions, God's simply too high and otherworldly to be accessible in ter- you know uh, in terms of communion with people, and and you have to do you know there are certain protocols you have to do works in order to approach God in Christianity. God had a son born in the humbleness of a stable and had him raised in this poor town of Nazareth, you know, kind of the lowest in social status, because he wanted his son to be approachable by people from all walks of life. I mean, it's just an amazing story. Really. It is. It, it truly, and, truly is. Yeah. And so it, so it is that, you know, it, it, it's remarkable that, you know, Jesus had no servants, and yet everyone called him master. Oh. He had no formal education or degree. Yet educated Jews called him rabbi and teacher. Jesus had no medicines, and yet he was desperately sought out as a healer. Jesus had no army, and yet emperors and kings feared him. And history shows that every level of human advancement was made possible by God, who became 
a man, Jesus, born in these humble circumstances of a dirty stable in the small village of Bethlehem, which was a speck in the vast Roman Empire. And while that empire would crumble and fall, Jesus, who had neither an army nor won any military battles, went on to become the Lord and Savior for people who believe all over the world. You know, while Jesus did say, my, my kingdom is not of this world, it's true, he also taught his disciples the Lord's Prayer in which he implored that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we do have an obligation uh, to be involved in other people's lives, to be involved in our government, uh, because if, if not us, then who? You know, and as for our, our present um, predicament, um, Jesus would say, as he told his disciples, you know, in this world you, you will have trouble. This is a quote from Jesus. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Mm. And then, of course, uh, I mentioned earlier what Apostle John said. He said the reason for the Son of, Son of God appearing was to destroy the devil's work. Those are his words. So this Christmas story is, is, is not just about peace and great joy, but really realizing that, you know, our Savior will ultimately uh, triumph over evil, you know, will vanquish evil, and, uh, you know, that, that, that our eternal life is really with him in, in the kingdom of heaven. Well, and to that, uh, this is, we're broadcasting this on Christmas Day. We're looking into 2024, and I, I want to talk a little bit about how we can take Christmas and take the courage of Christmas as we are moving into 2024, because we are in rather remarkable times. I'm talking with uh, Scott Powell. He is the author of the book, Rediscovering America, How Our National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. We have these discussions because of my sponsors like Lauren Levy. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Franktown Firearms Training Programs have something for every age and skill level in the friendliest gun range in town. With highly skilled men and women instructors, you're sure to find the right instructor for your needs. Franktown's 10-lane, 30-yard shooting range provides the right place to train where you feel confident and ready to learn. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned veteran, Franktown Firearms will meet your needs. Training runs from simple gun safety and care to obtain your concealed carry permit or honing your skills with advanced tactical moving and shooting. The Special Forces Green Beret trainer has you covered. And women, you won't want to miss Ladies' Night the first Friday of each month where you can bond and train together. Gift certificates for training are available or for anything in their fully stocked store. And Franktown is a faster Colorado certified training site. 
Just go to klzradio.com slash franktown to get shooting today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I did want to mention the Center for American Values, which is located in Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, Co-founders are Drew Dix, a Medal of Honor recipient for actions he took uh, during the Vietnam War, and Brad Padula, who is a Emmy Award-winning documentary maker. And uh, Brad and and Drew said, we need to do a couple of things. One, we need to honor our Medal of Honor recipients and keep those stories alive. And they do that through their Portraits of Valor and their Medal of Honor quote book. But also to um, create educational programs where we instill in ourselves and our children these values of honor, integrity, and patriotism. So the Center for American Values is nonpartisan. It's nonpolitical. They're just focusing on that. You can get more information by going to AmericanValueCenter.org. That is AmericanValueCenter.org. On the line with me is Scott Powell. He is the author of Rediscovering America, a great book, How the American, how Our National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are, and I highly recommend the book. Scott Powell, we're talking about Christmas Right now, though, 2023 America, 23 or, or 2024 America, people seem some some people are demoralized. They're confused. They say, "Where is God?" What would you say to that? Well, I, I would say that that God is in charge. That God allows things to happen for His purposes and. You know, the, the, the Israelites, for instance, were living under bondage and slavery, uh, and, um, and God, you know, moved through Moses to liberate them and to bring them to the promised land. So uh, that, that's a, you know, that's sort of a foundational story to Judaism and to Christianity. So God is allowing us uh, to, to see what happens when we depart from him. America made a big departure from God. Um, it, it's, been a, it's been a long process, but things really accelerated in the 1960s. We, first of all, drove prayer out of school. We, um, you know, we, um, you know, there was a cultural revolution that took place, although, you know, if, if everyone has seen the movie, uh, the, the movie on uh, Jesus, I forget what's the, what's the title of it, uh, full, full title, but it's a story of the of the um, the Jesus movement that took place in the late '60s and the '70s, and it's quite a quite a good movie. Um, but then, you know, then we we also uh, legalized abortion. That's the killing uh, of children, the killing of the unborn children, and we proceeded to embrace homosexuality and now we see that's been eclipsed by the lgbtq transgender movement and so forth all of these things are radical departures from god and and god is allowing this to happen that we might return to him because when you get to the you know you you get to the the end and you have no answers you have no explanations for what's going on but you know it's wrong you know it's destructive you know it's harmful and and the you know the statistics 
show that people who've gone through the, tr- the full-blown transgender are much the, the suicide rates are much higher for that group of people. That's not God's will. Of course not. Uh, so th- there are signs that we need to see, and then w- we need to bring about correctives, and that's where we meet. That's when God can begin to rebuild society. But we, we have to sometimes bottom out. It's much like the drug addict or the alcoholic who finally finds God after they have bottomed out. So you could think of America as going through a bottoming out period, uh, and it's a long period, and it's been going on for quite a while. It's now accelerating. There's no doubt about that, and you can't explain so many things that are going on. Now, you'd think that people would be flocking to churches, uh, you know, to, to find the truth, <laughs> to find answers to all this. They, they're, they're, they don't always flock to churches, but each one of us who is a believer, no matter how uh, young your faith might be or how mature your faith is, you, if you keep your eyes open, you'll see many, you'll see people that are hurting, that are in need. And it's our, you know, we're called to come alongside those people, to comfort them, to empathize with them, to, to listen to them, and then uh, to let them know that they are loved, and they're loved by God, and that God has an answer for their pain and their suffering. And, and when we do this, we are really fulfilling what God tells us to do. The Great Commission is to bring people into God's family. And sometimes we can do this much more effectively one-on-one if we keep our eyes open than the churches can do it. Uh, there's a place for, for both. So we're in this, maybe in, as we think about resolutions for 2024, let's think in terms of, God, keep my eyes open for opportunity and give me the, the courage and the faith to, to talk to people that I otherwise might not talk to, and, and uh, just work through me. Let me be your instrument. You don't have to worry about, well, I don't know theology, how do I witness to people, and so forth. Don't worry about that. Just pray every day that God use you in your life, right where you are, in the workplace, wherever. And, and God will answer that prayer. And you know what happens? When we help other people, we are actually ministering to ourselves. We're actually feeling better about our life. When we're just caught up in our own things, you know, our self-centered things, we, we don't always find fulfillment. When we give to others, that's why I do what I do and I teach and so forth. You know, I've been involved in a prison ministry, and I said to the prisoners one time, I was, at their, you know, I was giving their final graduation. Um, they were, they were, we had a civics training program out there where we introduced them to the Constitution and so many things, and this was a hardcore prison. And I said to them, you know, I could be right where you are. You know, I'm, I was only two decisions away wow. from some crime that I might have committed in my former life because oftentimes people are drawn into crime not by, their, by just themselves, but by their associations, by people they were with, and so forth. And I think they were quite shocked in my saying that. And they said, but you know, though you've given up a lot of time in prison, you, you know, God has kept track of this time, and nothing is lost in God's eyes. Nothing. And you have the opportunity now to go out and be a powerful witness to God, because you bottomed out in your life. You went to prison. 
and you have met God in a deeper way than people who didn't go to prison. And, and so it is with people. Uh, you know, the same story can be applied. And don't worry about what you'll say. Just be there, be, be, a, be a loving, empathetic person, and God will give you the words. God, God will show you the way, and you'll make new friends, um, and um, you'll find you, you, you'll be reborn yourself, <laughs> you know, continuously as you, as you extend yourself to other people, because this is God's great commission. Scott Powell, thank you so much. This is a perfect uh, Christmas message, and I wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll fasten our seatbelts for 2024. Thank you, Kim, and Merry Christmas to you, and God bless you. God bless you, too. The quote for the end of the show is from Montesquieu. It says, The deterioration of every government begins with the decay of the principles on which it was founded. So, my friends, today be grateful. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. And stay tuned for our number two. The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. The socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water, what it means is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapping down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths and misconceptions is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And we're doing something very special for this week of Christmas, and that is we're pre-recording shows with special guests and uh, we are pre-recording this show for christmas day with dr don sweeting he is the chancellor at colorado christian university dr sweeting welcome to the show great to be with you kim christmas a christmas can be mean all kinds of things to different people uh, and there can be a lot of emotion. There can be negative emotion around Christmas. Uh, there's a lot of sometimes pressure around Christmas. What is the message that people really need to know about Christmas? 
but you're right, Christmas can bring up all kinds of uh, different feelings in people depending on their situation. But the good news of Christmas is that it's ultimately about the birth of Jesus Christ and about God uh, caring so much that he entered time and space in Christ and uh, showed up. Uh, and not only showed up, but showed up on a mission. And the mission was to uh, bring life and uh, forgiveness and grace to lost people. Uh, of course, there's a necessary connection between the crib and the cross. Um, but but the, the, uh, the, the, the grand miracle, what C.S. Lewis called it, of, of uh, the incarnation where God took on human flesh, that, that was the beginning. And how would you say that this is different than other religions out there, Dr. Sweeting? Well, uh, you know, in American society, there are lo- <coughs> they're all stripes, right? Um, so I was just talking to a, a good friend who's an Orthodox Jewish rabbi on the uh, phone before you, and, uh, and he's celebrating Hanukkah. So they don't recognize Jesus as the Messiah, although as an Orthodox Jew, they look forward to the Messiah's coming. And I will say to my friend, you know, I think you're going to be surprised when he shows up, who it is. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, um, you know, secularists don't, but they like the, the accoutrements of Christmas. Um, you know, sec- people who maybe don't recognize Jesus as the Savior, but they love the traditions. There's so many secondary uh, traditions and sentiments surrounding Christmas, and we've gotten attached to those. And I think they ultimately reflect the light of Jesus Christ. But the heart of it is the birth of Christ. Dr. Sweeting, as the chancellor at Colorado Christian University and a Christian, I, I have conversations many times with young people, but, but maybe not so young people as well, that they, they push back on being Christian or they push back on Christianity because they they say that uh, organized religion has really um, been problematic that that there that there's uh, hypocrisy and a variety of things how do you answer that because you probably get some of those conversations with uh, students that come to Colorado Christian University yeah uh, I do um, I mean, I think back to the Christmas story, Kim, and there was a lot of organized religion at the time of Jesus' coming, and and uh, a good deal of it was calcified, and, and that happens. Uh, it's not to say religion's bad or organized religion's bad, but it can go bad, and I think uh, people have experienced that, and, and not to mention uh, our own fallibility. So, you know, we point to Christ, not to ourselves. Now, we, we need to be a reflection of Christ. And a bad reflection, you know, doesn't do us much good at all. But um, he's the Savior. I mean, he's my Savior. I desperately need a Savior. And, and uh, you know, people will look at my life and they'll see the, the flaws and the weaknesses, and I'll say, you know, they're more than you even see. But um, I, I need a righteousness, as the Bible describes it, that comes from heaven, that's given by God in the person of Jesus Christ. What would you say, Dr. Sweeting? to people that say, hey, I, you know, my, my sins are so significant that I, I can't get past them. I can't, I, I don't think that, um, you know, they're forgivable. What, we, what would you say to that? Yeah. Well, I know, um, I think all of us have done stuff that we deeply regret and that, that in a way haunts us. And, of course, some people have done things that are really, really terrible. Um, but the good news is that 
this is about God's grace. Grace is unmerited favor shown to us through Christ. We don't deserve it. None of us. And I use as a great example the thief on the cross. You know, he was he had done some really bad things. He had a hard time getting behind deep beyond it. And yet he looked at Jesus and Jesus said, you know, when when he looked to Christ to to help and save him, uh, Jesus said, "Today you will be with me in paradise." So there's hope for, you know, as the old hymn puts it, the vilest offender who truly believed that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Now that that's the good news. Why do you? Th- well, maybe you know what. Maybe what we'll do is I think I may go to break uh, to break a little bit early on this, because okay. this is going to be the next question: Why a baby? Why the manger? Why were the shepherds the first ones that were really told about? The birth of Christ. So I'm talking with Dr. Don Sweeting. He is the chancellor at Colorado Christian University. We're talking about Christmas. We've pre-recorded the shows uh, so that you have these very special shows for Christmas week, and we get to do these shows because of great sponsors. And one of those great sponsors is Roger Mangan and his insurance team. And I am blessed to work with amazing people and amazing sponsors. And one of those great sponsors is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And uh, Roger. Roger, um, we're pre-recording all of this for uh, Christmas, New Year's. It's great to have you in studio, and uh, I do wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Thank you, Kim. It's uh, special holidays for all of us and great memories, and I wish you a Merry Christmas as well. So let's talk, though, about uh, about. Oh, auto insurance and rates and people are getting some surprise. What what should people know about auto insurance rates? Well, rates are like a runaway train wreck right now. The rates are not stopping. And the rate increases are not stopping. The the reason why, there's probably about 10 reasons. I'm going to try to highlight a few of them. Some are obvious. Inflation. And insurance companies really are a pass-through mechanism. So if you have an accident, we pass you to a repair shop, and they charge us whatever the prevailing rate is, and we end up paying that. And that's going up tremendously. In fact, repair costs between 2018 and 2023 have gone up 50%. Oh, my gosh. Uh, The second other inflation would be car theft. You know, Colorado leads the nation in car thefts. Um, Denver is second. Uh, uh, Sydney, California is number one, but uh, car thefts are a big item. Uh, Number three, legislative mandates. Exorbitant awards being provided. Uh, there's a, such a thing called fa- phantom damages. I don't know if you heard about that, no. but if you are a, uh, let's say you're a defendant because you hit someone in a car accident, and that person went to the hospital and their hospital bills were two hundred thousand off the get-go, but were actually uh, compromised down to let's say fifty thousand, which happens often. When a trial occurs, the 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 uh, attorney for the defendant uh, 
uh, can use, um, excuse me, the, the jury. So phantom damages, uh, this is something that's going on for quite a while. If there's a jury trial and someone is injured and the hospital bills are $200,000, the attorney defending the plaintiff can use those numbers and the jury hears those numbers. But the real cost could have been 50000 because of negotiations. The jury is not allowed to know that fifty thousand. So, what? Why is that important? Because the higher the cost of uh, medical, the more damage or the greater the the awards. Another one is um, prejudgment interest going on in Colorado, nine percent. So, if a case is on the dockets and in the courts and it's delayed. Uh, the nine percent interest can be charged against the ultimate claim. So it's a million dollar claim. It's a million ninety thousand. Um, and if the insurance company appeals that and loses the appeal, then the nine percent goes could be two three years. Nine percent per year on a million dollars is a lot of money. So that happens in Colorado as well. The uh, bad drivers, <laughs> Colorado, you can. You, you, you can attest to that. There's 15,800 accidents in Colorado in 2022. Diminished value, we've talked about that on the show before. Diminished value drives up insurance rates. Severe weather, like hailstorms. Um, insurance fraud. Vehicles are very complex today. When they get hit, they cost a lot more. Uh, windshields, for example, that used to be three, four hundred dollars, are now twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars because they're embedded with all kinds of computerization. Stop, yeah. um, longer repair times, three months. You have to wait three months sometimes to get a car in the shop, and that, of course, drives up rental costs for the insurance companies mm-hmm. as well as the insured. Mm-hmm. So. Those are some of the reasons. You know, and Roger, that's that's good to know. I think that people think, oh, my gosh, an insurance company is just trying to make a lot more money. So I think it's important that people understand uh, why these costs have gone up. Uh, what is the phone number for people to reach you? You can reach me at 303-795-8855. I'd be glad to help you through some of the cost containment measures you can take to get your insurance rates down. Okay, And that is so important. The Roger Mangan team at 303-795-8855. Like a a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan team is there. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And 
and welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I uh, We are pre-recording these shows for Christmas week with special guests. And I'm really excited to have on the line with me Dr. Don Sweeting. He is the chancellor for at Colorado Christian University. Uh, we're broadcasting this on Christmas Day. Dr. Sweeting, the question's on the table. Uh, God coming to mankind. Uh, he kind of came in disguise. I've heard this in some of the different devotions that I've been doing this, this Christmas season. But he comes as a baby in a manger. Uh, and the first that, that know about it really is, I guess, the wise men, they were on their, the trip, but was the shepherds. Uh, why? Why did God do, that, do all this this way? Oh, my goodness, Kim, why? That's such a big question, and I can't answer that completely, I, you know, because I would have to know the mind of God. But, um, one, it was prophesied to be that way. You know, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Um, uh, he was to be the son of David, so in the line of David. And it was prophesied even in Genesis 3.15 that it was the seed of the woman that would crush the serpent's head. Um, and you have that echoed all through every book of the Bible into Revelation, you know, where the woman and the dragon goes after the woman and her child. Um, and, and then I think there's another thing, too, and that is... God delights in working through small things and weak things. Uh, I'm not sure why, you know, because my preference would be to work through, you know, the Fortune 500 or the White House. But um, think about it. He chose Israel, the least of all the the nations, uh, to glorify. So his name would be glorified. And uh, he came in in weakness and poverty uh, in uh, Bethlehem, in uh, a stable, a cave stable in a feed trough, uh, and and yet it was there that his glory seems to be the most um, brilliant, right? Um, when, when we're aware of our weakness and God breaks through, then we know it's only him. It's not us. It's only him. Well, and so you mentioned the seat of a woman, and I mean, I try to think back about this whole thing with Mary, with you know why mary and and gabriel comes to mary and says um you know that she's chosen that that uh and the the fruit of her womb will be will be blessed and you know what could be going through her mind and then joseph i i've got to think gosh i mean they're a small village this is could be i mean this is going to be stuff for gossip that's happening i mean it's really a remarkable story of both mary and joseph it is uh i happened to go to the to chosen last night their christmas special and was reminded of that again just the the uh the, the earthiness of it all from the the shepherds to the uh to, to mary and joseph's background um you know, why did he choose Mary? I don't know, but she was a humble servant. She was uh, the handmaiden of the Lord, ready. She was receptive. Um, 
but it wasn't ultimately her because she she needed a savior too. Um, so, uh, you know, I I remember I had a history professor who once said, "Why is only a question for children and theologians?" <laughs> and, and I think he, he was he wasn't a believer, but that's what he'd say. And and I know I'm a theologian, but there are some sometimes a theologian needs a theologian or. We, we just come to the limits of our understanding because where scripture is silent, we, we can only speculate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, and Joseph, I, I really think the story of Joseph, uh, I mean, he could have, you know, really shunned her and, you know, right. what, what's going through his mind and he, yeah. he had decided that he would uh, quietly divorce her, but, you know, not in front of everybody, which I think that kind of takes a a remarkable man in that. I, I just find all that so interesting as I contemplate on that. Yeah, that's right. Joseph was a, he's a righteous man. Um, uh, you know, and he, he was, um, he was a good man and he was a hardworking man. And we don't have a, a specific indication of this in the New Testament, but he, he uh, disappears. So he probably died at an earlier age. Mary outlived him, uh, but he was always held up as a, as a man who was good and, and faithful. He could have divorced her. He didn't. He was receptive to the messenger who came and spoke to him. He didn't shun it, um, but he, he obeyed and went along with it. So then why the shepherds? Uh, because mm-hmm. really, uh, and again, you mentioned the chosen. I had seen uh, their... Uh, kind of their rendition of the birth of Christ and and hadn't really thought I think I kind of as a kid I've thought about the shepherds as they're you know out there under the stars with their their staffs staffs you know taking care of the sheep but but they're portrayed as really kind of rough and tumble and and uh, I hadn't really thought about it like that so why the shepherds well again um I have to say, ultimately, I don't know, but but they did keep sheep, and they they kept sheep not for themselves. They kept sheep for people who'd bring sacrifices to the temple, and they were after uh, uh, lambs that were without blemish that could be bought and sold and used in, in sacrifice. So I think there's a deep connection with the, the, the very profession they had and their proximity to the temple and the fact that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He, he's the spotless Lamb. That's how Scripture presents him. Um, you know, that's, he's not a dragon, not a, not a, not a giant, but, but the Lamb of God, and yet the powerful Lamb of God. So I think, that, I think that's the connection with the shepherds that, that's uh, most meaningful. And of course, David was, was a shepherd boy, too. So uh, he tended sheep, and it was a glorious uh, thing to do for him to prepare to be the king of Israel. Dr. Sweeting, I'm almost embarrassed to say this. After all these years, this is the first time to connect the dot between the fact that Christ was the Lamb of God and that the shepherds were really the first that the good news came to. I had never connected that dot after all these years. Thank you. <laughs> well, and I think there's there's hope for us because look, the shepherds were not trained to be witnesses, right? They were they were just uh, field workers. But who are the the first ones to proclaim that he's there? And uh, 
this is a, I, I have to say I love the way the chosen presented this. They're, they're, they can't contain themselves. They they run to the village and they have to tell tell people about what has happened after they have the encounter with the angels and they hear the good news. But that that's encouraging to me, Kim, because you know a lot of times I feel like I'm an inadequate an inadequate witness. Uh, you know why 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 would anybody listen to my words? I'm sure the shepherds thought that way, and yet God chose them to be the first evangelists, really, of the incarnation and the coming of Christ. And that should give strength and confidence to every believer that, yeah, I, I don't necessarily need a degree from uh, the local seminary, as helpful as that might be. Uh, I, can, I can be like the shepherd and faithful and tell of the wondrous things that God has done. Well, that is uh, really, I, I mean, this is really aha for me on some of these things. I'm talking with Dr. Don Sweeting. And before we, we go to break on this, I wanted to mention a great sponsor of the show, and that is Jansen Photography. They're located in Lakewood, Colorado. They have a beautiful property. And uh, Glenn and Mary Jansen are true entrepreneurs. Glenn is able to just really work magic uh, with the camera. He understands lighting. And as we're moving into 2024, uh, it really, I think, as you're looking at your, at your New Year's resolutions and what you want to accomplish in 2024, you need a great photo for that first impression for your business or pol- uh, political career. So Jansen Photography can help with that. And that website is jansenphotography.com. That's J-A-N-S-S-E-N photography.com. And then another great sponsor of the show is Lauren Levy. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, we are pre-recording these shows for Christmas week with very special guests. Before we get back to Dr. 
Dr. Don Sweeting, Chancellor of uh, Colorado Christian University, wanted to mention the Center for American Values, which is located on the Riverwalk in Pueblo, Colorado. And it is a very special place. Uh, It's co-founded by Drew Dix, who is a Medal of Honor recipient for actions he took during the Vietnam War. And also Brad Padula, who is an Emmy Award-winning uh, documentary documentary producer. <clears throat> and they, they put this together so that we could honor our Medal of Honor recipients, as well as uh, make sure that we instill in ourselves and our children these values of honor, integrity, and patriotism. So the center is non-political. And it's nonpartisan. It's just focused on these things. And you can get more information by going to AmericanValueCenter.org. That's AmericanValueCenter.org. So on the line with me is Dr. Don Sweeting, Chancellor of Colorado Christian University. We are pre-recording this for Christmas Day. Uh, Dr. Sweeting, you said you've written a piece of why we desperately need Christmas, that you have five things that you highlight in that. So what are they? Well, thanks. Um, you know, there are there are some people who think we don't need Christmas really, so we got to remember that they uh, they're mad about it, or you know, in the name of political correctness or diet or uh, not spending or stress management, they they uh, they want to they want less of it. But I think we need more of it. You know, uh, I I think that uh, Christmas is ultimately about transformation of needy people, and I don't know about you, but I have favorite Christmas movies. Uh, one of them, of course, is it's a wonderful life and the key character george bailey is is a reluctant bank manager who runs into ruin and he's on the brink of suicidal despair or i think of ebenezer scrooge in the christmas carol you know who is described as a squeezing wrenching grasping scraping clutching covetous old sinner but then there's the grinch himself you know from dr seuss you know who whose head wasn't screwed on right and and his heart was two sizes too small you know what all these different stories do is they they reflect uh, every person uh, our own neediness and in a sense they represent us um, sometimes we're on the brink of despair sometimes we are clutching and squeezing like scrooge and sometimes it's just our hearts have gotten too small so we we need christmas to open us up uh and especially at the end of the year when the year is tired and we're ready for something new and we need we we know instinctively we need to do some some work in our lives um so that that's sort of the, the basic framework that i started that that uh, editorial with and and um so making the case for christmas why we need christmas uh you know i think the arguments on that are, are so important so elaborate a little bit more on that dr sweetie yeah sure yeah so I, I put five reasons we desperately need christmas i said most of all uh, important is we need to celebrate the coming of the birth of, of Christ. Uh, the Bible says that uh, he came to uh, be a savior. He'll be called Jesus, and he'll save their, his people from their sins. And this just shouts hope, you know, that we're not alone, that God has done something to draw near, to draw us to himself. Uh, you know, so, so I start there. And then I say, you know, secondly, Christmas uh, brings light and music into our lives which we need. I mean, December is the darkest time of the year, right? The days get shorter and the nights get longer. And uh, bam, along comes the brilliance. We, we all love holiday lights, right? We like to right. see them pierce the gloom. And even though some Christmas music is pretty cheesy these days, but there's a lot of it that's just glorious and 
and super uplifting. You know, it's the only holiday that has its own genre of music. Isn't that interesting? And then third, we need Christmas because it gets us thinking about others. Uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, you get so immersed in work uh, at the university that it's easy to just just be so self-focused. And Christmas comes along, and all of a sudden you become aware of others, you know, your neighbors, your service providers, a student who may be alone or a shut-in or a needy child. Uh, one of the things our family does, we usually go to a hospital and we bring out the instruments and we go sing Christmas carols on a on the cancer ward of a of, of a pediatric unit, um, and uh, and and it's just uh, it's amazing uh, what that does not only for them but for us. <clears throat> and then the fourth reason I said it, we need Christmas because it it uh, it makes time for family, um, which often gets squeezed out of our lives. Uh, and people at Christmas they spend more time with family than at any other time during the year. So it's really important. And we gather for feasts and doing family traditions and decorating and baking and maybe watching a movie or attending a worship service. But this holiday reinforces family bonds in a very special way. And then the final thing I say is that uh, we need Christmas because it helps us recalibrate our lives. Uh, You know, it comes at the end of the year and of course, in the Christian calendar, Christmas is not just a day, it's a season. And at the end of the year, you have a little season to to do some work on you and me. Um, and usually we get extra days off at work and, and we get to uh, recalibrate as we get ready to enter a new year. So, I, I mean, I think we, I desperately need Christmas. I think we all desperately need it, but mostly because of Christ. But of all the attendant blessings that come to us. And I, I do relate with the, with the Grinch, you know, because often my heart is two sizes too small by the end of the year and my head's not screwed on just right. <laughs> Uh, Yes, that can happen, can it? And it doesn't take Christmas for me to be reminded of that. Uh, Well, I I just wanted to make another, this is kind of an aha. And I was thinking about, you said, you know, Christmas comes during this time where the days are short, the nights are long. And then I'm thinking about all these different houses that you see with all these Christmas lights and a little bit of light goes a long way. Uh, and it really does cheer your spirits instead of coming home into a dark neighborhood. You see right. light. And I had not really thought about how valuable that was, Dr. Sweeting. Oh, and, and don't you love to see the lights of your city? You know, that some of the public buildings just decked out beautifully um, uh, or, or go to certain neighborhoods in the city that they have contests about who can have the most lights. And. I mean, I enjoyed that as a kid, but my kids love that now, my and my grandkids, and so, you know, they want to see it, and it's cool. Uh, it's cool because it's 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 beautiful, and it it pierces, you know, it shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. I'm quoting, you know, loosely John chapter one, in John's gospel, uh, but that's that's what happens with light. That's what happens with the light of Christ. It's shown in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. Well, you mentioned Christmas as a season, and um, I think that in some ways we've maybe moved away from understanding the liturgical calendar. And so what Advent is, what Christmas is, 12 days of Christmas. Uh, Explain that, Dr. Sweeting. 
Well, I go back to uh, the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Israel had a sacred calendar, so they measured their time, not by, you know, the bank holidays or or the uh, football season. Uh, they measured it by the acts of God. And that lesson really sunk into the early Christians, and they began to uh, commemorate the memories of, of Christ and what happened in Scripture um, by having special days to uh, remember. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Easter, of course, the resurrection, and uh, Palm Sunday, and then a season to prepare for it. And they did the same thing with, with Christmas. So the Feast of the Nativity, which they celebrated on December 25th, was preceded by a season called Advent. Advent means coming, and it, it's to remind us of to prepare for his coming. Like the carol, you know, let every heart prepare him room. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible singer, Kim, but, you, <laughs> you know, you, you get it, right? Yeah. Um, we need to prepare. Uh, it's not just to be a frenzied, materialistic uh, holiday spent on trivial things. Um, there's hard work to do. And, um, and it's preparing us not just for his first coming, but the early Christians believe that, you know, as I do, as the Bible says, He's going to come again. In fact, the Bible ends with this invitation, you know, behold, I'm coming soon. You know, come, Lord Jesus, come. Um, So we stand between his first coming and second coming, and Advent, uh, which means coming, just reminds us of all that. And it crescendos on Christmas Day with the celebration. But before that, there's this longing that you feel uh, as as you go through first Sunday of Advent, the second Sunday, the third Sunday, and the hope and the brightness get more radiant as you get closer to Christmas. Okay, and then is it Epiphany that's after Chris, the 12 days of Christmas? Is that right? Yes, it is, yeah. Okay. And so talk a little bit about that. Well, it wasn't a major season, but it was a season. Uh, remember, when we do our major scenes, we kind of crunch all the events into five minutes, right? I don't know if you have a nativity scene, but we, we have a number of them at home. Mm-hmm. At the, uh, I the have several, yeah. And the shepherds, and it didn't all happen in one night. Um, you know, if you read your New Testament so slowly, carefully, you realize this, this happened over weeks. Uh, and and the wise men came um, sometime after the birth. Uh, when he was still a baby, but um, it wasn't the night of, like all our nativity programs show. Uh, and uh, and so Epiphany comes a little later, and it was the manifestation, that's what Epiphany means, of Christ to the Gentile world. These were magi from other countries, uh, representing other kings and other ethnicities, and they're coming, they've heard, they're coming to worship Jesus. And I think it, it prophesies the fact that, you know, Christ is for the nations, uh, that's that's a good news, not just for one nation, although certainly for for the Jews first, but uh, he's for the nations. And, of course, then Jesus commissioned his disciples to go into all the world to preach the gospel. And that epiphany sort of celebrates that. And, and the epiphany is the 12 days of Christmas, right? Is that right? No. It, it, yeah, epiphany is later than the 12 days. So the 12 days are really uh, the, the days fall immediately following Christmas. So in the liturgical calendar, 
Christmas is a season. Yeah, it's not just a day, and it's about it's a twelve day season. Got it. And then Epiphany comes right after that. On like January fifth or something like that. Yeah, right? I think it's the fifth or sixth. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then you know the next season is um, you get ready for for Lent, which is a season of preparation to remember the death and resurrection of Christ and what. Uh, what the Orthodox call Great Week, um, the week of, you know, the the passion and the resurrection of Christ, and then there's the season of um, Pentecost, and, and but the Christian year actually begins with the season of Advent, which is a wonderful thing, you know. That's how it starts. It really, doesn't start on January first. It starts on uh, the first week of Advent. I think that it's so interesting as as I learned more about the the liturgical calendar. And yes, I think I did know that that there was the twelve days of Christmas is the twelve days after Christmas, and then we do get into Epiphany. And as you said, that that's weeks long because of um, the Magi. And uh, and again, I hadn't really thought about the fact that. The revelation to the Magi, which uh, they were Gentiles. I mean, all of this imagery is just so remarkable to me, Doctor Sweeting. Yeah, and the thing I forgot to mention, Kim, is that you know, the, the Magi brought gifts. When you wonder, well, where does our gift-giving tradition come from? Really, it's rooted back into this very thing, where the Magi brought gifts to worship the newborn king: gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And of course, it's rooted too in the fact that. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, you know, the greatest gift of all. Um, so that's that's what our gift-giving, uh, uh, where, where it originates. And I don't know how you all celebrate Christmas, but one of the things we started doing when our kids were little, on Christmas morning, before we would go to the tree, we would go to the, we had a little nativity set, and we'd gather around the nativity set, we put Jesus in the manger because he wasn't in there previous to that morning. And I would read the Christmas story. And I just remind my kids, you know, our typical American kids, um, that, hey, presents are great, but you, you want to know how it all got started. You want to know about the most important gift. Well, it's right here. That is a lovely tradition, and uh, I'm talking with Dr. Don Sweeting, and uh, we are doing a very special show, well, for all, all this week, but this is for Christmas, and we get to do these things because of great sponsors like John Boson with Boson Law. A recent report notes that the number of children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder is consistently and dramatically increasing. This is heartbreaking. If your child or grandchild or someone you know has been diagnosed with autism or ADHD following exposure to Tylenol or acetaminophen during pregnancy, call Boson Law at 303-999-9999. Boson Law is a Colorado-based law firm who has been fighting Big Pharma for over 20 years. Call now at 303-999-9999 for a free, no-obligation review of your potential claim. Call now at 303-999-9999. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N. 
FrankTownFirearms.com. Franktown Firearms training programs have something for every age and skill level in the friendliest gun range in town. With highly skilled men and women instructors, you're sure to find the right instructor for your needs. Franktown's 10-lane, 30-yard shooting range provides the right place to train where you feel confident and ready to learn. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned veteran, Franktown Firearms will meet your needs. Training runs from simple gun safety and care to obtain your concealed carry permit or honing your skills with advanced tactical moving and shooting. The Special Forces Green Beret trainer has you covered. And women, you won't want to miss Ladies' Night the first Friday of each month where you can bond and train together. Gift certificates for training are available over anything in their fully stocked store. And Franktown is a faster Colorado certified training site. Just go to klzradio.com slash franktown to get shooting today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. And we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, We are pre-recording these shows for Christmas week with very special guests. And this show for Christmas Day, uh, hour number two, uh, we've been talking with Dr. Don Sweeting. He's the chancellor at Colorado Christian University. And we've just been talking about Christmas, what Christmas is. I mean, I am coming away with some pretty amazing ahas that you would think that as a Christian over all these years, I would have connected those dots. But there's always dots to connect, I think, on that. So let's talk about families Christmas. How could families reshape Christmas in 2023 and moving forward, Dr. Sweeting? Yeah, I think it's great to have a, a strategy going into the holidays. And it's probably too late to have one for this year, right? Because we're listening to this on Christmas Day. Um, but uh, you might make notes. I, I would do this. I would always make notes like, what did I screw up this year? How can I do it better next year? And that's part of my the end of my Christmas celebration. Uh, and, and I think um, especially if you feel like, oh, the kids just didn't get it or they were numb from gifts uh, and it's not working out re- well, um, how do we change that? Okay, so there's, there's some actions you can take to reshape your Christmas. You know, one is to, to start thinking about Advent. So Christmas isn't just a day in December. Uh, there's preparation for it. You need to begin reading uh, scripture passages. Um, uh, that are laid out for different Sundays of Advent as you prepare for it. Um, I think it's good to, uh, um, you know, figure out how to uh, orchestrate the day of Christmas. Now, as a pastor for many years, I, I just, I messed up, Kim. I messed up because you know, there's so many things. Our Christmas Eve wasn't with family. We had to be at church for sometimes three services. And I was just wiped out on, on Christmas morning. And after a while, we thought, you know, maybe we should move our Christmas Eve, family Christmas Eve, to the night before Christmas Eve so we can have a normal family time together. And maybe we should all throw ourselves into the church's program on Christmas Eve. And maybe instead of open, and this is just the way we did it, instead of opening up our gifts on Christmas Day, we would just do our stockings and then we'd go to the grandparents' house so the kids weren't numb from gifts. 
And then the day after Christmas, we started opening our gifts. It was that's just the nature of a, that, that's a sort of a pastor trying to survive, right? Uh, your plan will be different. But what it did is it it uh, de- our kids weren't numb at the end of Christmas Day. Uh, they they enjoyed the company of grandparents and were able to be a little more appreciative for each each gift. Um, and then, you know, reading a, a book or watch, watching a film to prepare yourself. And there's, there are lots of okay films, but there are better, you know, some better films. Nativity Story or What the Chosen is Doing uh, it helps, I think, uh, set the, the stage right. I particularly would love, you know, love to read a book every Christmas, just uh, helping me have a better understanding of the, uh, the nature of Jesus Christ, his person and work and his incarnation. Um, Christmas concerts, um, going to a concert. Uh, we, we took a couple this weekend to a Christmas concert, and they, they hadn't been to any concerts at all. And we just reveled in the beautiful music of the season, and it added so much to our, our holiday. Uh, having a, a, a manger scene um, as part of your, your decorations in the home in a very prominent place, I think, can help too. So these are just a bunch of things that that we did that you might try as you try to plan ahead and pre-plan next Christmas. I think those are all really, really great ideas. And uh, again, since this is being broadcast on Christmas, these are things for for next year. And of course, the reflection of things that I uh, did not do well or screwed up on in uh, 2023, how can I do better in 2024? I think that that's really important as a as a Christian to try to be the very best version of ourselves that we can be and realizing that that we can be, Dr. Sweeting. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, don't beat yourself up. Just come up with a better plan uh, for, for next time around. And, uh, and we can do that. So I'm going to change gears just a little bit because during the break or one of the breaks, you said that you uh, will be teaching a course on C.S. Lewis. Uh, and that will be for students at Colorado Christian University. You're very excited about it. Is there any teasers that you could share with our listeners about what the kids will be learning in this class? Oh, my. Well, the class is titled uh, The Life and Writings of C.S. Lewis. He was one of the greatest writers, apologists um, of, the, uh, of the 20th century, uh, an extraordinary Christian that you should know about. His book, Mere Christianity, is a great starting place. Or if you want to go fiction, The Chronicles of Narnia. He was so amazing and so diverse, right? So he, was, he wrote children, amazing children's literature. He wrote science fiction. He wrote literary criticism. He wrote Christian apologetics. Uh, and he's this uh, Oxford tutor, you know, uh, uh, just kind of working away in one of the great universities in the world. Uh, so I, um, I love, I'm, I read through his books all the time. And uh, this is my privilege to uh, share it with our students. And they'll be reading through maybe seven or eight of his major works. And um, we'll, we'll have a blast. Oh, you will have a blast, that's for sure. And I've been, uh, I've, I've read it, but I've been listening again, and it re-reminded me uh, what C.S. Lewis said about Christ, that there are those that say that Christ was just a, a good man and a great teacher. Uh, and um, he said, and C.S. Lewis really 
really addressed that and said that actually uh, that Christ was much more than that. Do, do you recall the quote that I'm thinking about? Yeah, I think it was the quote uh, about Lord lunatic or liar. Right. Um, and um, he said, you know, so often people say, oh, wasn't Jesus just, he was, he was just basically a really good man. And Lewis uh, set up this uh, thing saying, um, you know, you can't call him uh, a, a good man. Um, I, I've got the quote right here, actually. He says, I'm trying to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. Then I'm ready to say, except Jesus is a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. He said, that's the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and court call him the Lord. But don't come up with any of this patronizing nonsense about him being just a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. You know, brilliant, right to the point. Wow. And what is C.S. Lewis's story? How did he get to this understanding? Because my, my understanding is he went through a time where he was either agnostic or atheist. That's right, yeah. He was raised in a nominally Christian home, Anglican home, and his mother died when he was young, and that was a shock into his life. And, and it, that threw him and caused him to, you know, doubt, doubt there's a God. And so he moved from a nominally Christian faith to an atheistic faith, and then it wasn't until he was a tutor at Oxford University uh, that uh, he began to question his atheistic worldview. Um, and he was challenged by many people, but um, it, it was a slow progression. It wasn't a, a once in an afternoon conversion. He went from atheist to theist for a while. You know, okay, I believe in God, but not in Jesus. And then it was in talking to J.R.R. Tolkien, the guy who wrote Lord of the Rings, that he became convinced that Jesus actually is the Son of God. Uh, and and that was, you know, the big turning point in his life. And he didn't, and he didn't quit being a, a, a tutor at Oxford or a lecturer, but he, he then wanted to use that platform to not just do great literary work, but to also explain the faith to common people. Wow. I got to think, would it not have been fascinating to be in on some of those conversations between Lewis, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien? Yeah, it, it sure would have. They inspired each other. You know, they read their works to each other. They critiqued their works before they came to publication. Oh, that'd be fascinating. Dr. Don Sweeting, this has been amazing. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds left. What would be your final thought that you would like to leave with our listeners uh, on this Christmas Day? Well, one of my favorite Christmas quotations is a quotation by G.K. Chesterton, who was somebody that C.S. Lewis liked a lot. Uh, he was an essayist in the 19th century, and he said, the fun of Christmas is founded on the seriousness of Christmas. So I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun at Christmas. But I hope you don't forget the seriousness of Christmas, that God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Dr. Don Sweeting, thank you so much. And I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a, a prosperous 2024. 
Thank you, Kim. You too. And our quote for the end of the show is from C.S. Lewis, who said this, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. And Merry Christmas. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't survive, I was born free. I was born free. I was born free. The views and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.